0: Welcome, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get started. Straight from New York, yo, yo, this handsome man, you yo, yo. Ah, now, now, fucker in Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, yoga knocked out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. With the mountain off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps, you don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead the dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow the seas. Planet, fuck name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name it. Uh. It ain't safe, it ain't safe, motherfucker. motherfucker. What's up guys, welcome back to the weekly Scraps episode 145, Big Weekend, Big Weekend of Fights, I don't remember which Vegas card it was, actually I think it might have been 39, UFC Vegas 39, Uh, it says 38, so I'm a little off, I think 39 is actually this weekend, but big fun weekend, obviously for multiple reasons, for me this was a huge week, um, Kind of going back and recapping just a little bit. uh, The fight's off. So, I'm out. Sanhagen is in. Interim title fight. Pityan, Abu Dhabi, Sanhagen. Good fight for the division. Some people kind of giving Sanhagen some flat because he's had a lot of opportunities. But, so to speak, the last one. You can make the argument that he won the fight. I thought he won the fight kind of the same way I felt about Marlon versus Aldo when they fought. Split decision. Split decision also for Sanhagen in the loss to T.J. Dillashaw. is getting surgery, so Sandman is in. Ralph Fonz fighting Jose Aldo. He did beat uh, Cody Garbrandt. Had Cody Garbrandt beaten him, he probably would have been in the mix for a title shot uh, just on name value alone, but that's just the way the game works, so we understand the popularity contest at this point. So for me, this was a big weekend, um, big week for multiple reasons, and that was mainly because... I brought in Adrianis and I got to see where I was at physically in comparison to where I was at five weeks before that. So I really got a better gauge of where my conditioning was um, and in terms of my recovery and whatnot, still have a little kinks in the neck in certain positions, but isn't there's no pain in terms of the nerves. Strength is back. And I will say uh, this week of having to train with uh, Adrian Giannis has been really, really eye-opening and very, very good uh, for multiple different uh, aspects. First one being, I think I am a better striker than what I give myself credit for. And I think that gave me a lot more confidence being able to go with someone like him. And I'm going to give you guys a recap so that there is no like um, me kind of like patting myself on the back because that's not what I want to do. Uh, Monday, he comes in Sunday and then here comes Monday. So Sunday, he got to relax. We got to pick him up from uh, LaGuardia. Comes in Monday. Now we do, instead of our strength and conditioning, we did a drill, um, a three-man drill with myself, Stephen Lee, and we did 15 minutes of warming up with wrestling and then we did uh, the next like 20 minutes or so doing like kickboxing drills Kind of like uh, one guy's on the bag and then the other two guys are going with each other for three minutes and then the other guy switches in. So you're in two, out one. So that's the way that worked. That was the Monday morning. So that was kind of a light one. I didn't want to do the strength and conditioning circuit because I, was, I hit those so hard. That's the one I was complaining about saying when I'm doing my minute holds, I can only hold for about 20 seconds before I'm like, yo, my arms are shot. And that's like a hard 20 like me saying, come on, everything you got, everything you got. And then I'm like, all right, I'm falling off. I'm falling off. I could have sworn I turned off this fan, um, but it's still going. So I hope hopefully this is not bothering you guys too so much. Let me actually try to turn it off again because uh, this could potentially flicker around with the lights. So. We didn't do the strength and conditioning workout. We did that drill session. And I thought that was good to kind of ease him into it, coming off the flight the um, the next day and get ready for a hard night session. Then the night session we went and we did our our shark tank group, so to speak. And that's when you have all the guys that are fighting and they do 15 minutes straight. Um, Everyone's taking turns every single minute rotating on that fighter. And with that being said... You have three different positions. And for me, I normally do five rounds because that's the last few fights I've been getting prepared for. Um, even the Sanhagen fight, I was doing five or six rounds of that. And not every minute switching, but I had five different bodies to switch on um, to switch with me, whether I would go two people for half the round and switch, offense, defense in the, in that same situation, and then the next position, offense, defense, next situation, offense, defense. That's kind of the way I was doing it, you know, uh, for my fight. So we have that. That's what St. Hagen. So, but for this, we just do a minute each guy, fresh guy every minute, pouncing on you. You know, you defend the position or you get the takedown or you maintain control the next minute, Goes, the next guy's jumping in on you, and you're ready to go. Shark Tank style, the way I like to go. That's the way we did it in wrestling in college, blah, blah, blah. Yes, so we did that. Had a good session with that. Started to get tired towards the third round. Um, Giannis and I, obviously, we both had, had potential fights, so I let him do his own thing, but then we went in at the same time. So we did two groups. I let him go. We went at the same time. And for some of the goals, I made sure we went with each other, whether it was offense and then defense or defense, then offense. But we went with each other back to back so that we can both get a feel for each other's grappling and uh, get a good push and not just not use the day where we didn't get to work with each other in a live situation. Tuesday, um, what did we do in the morning? We didn't go to Lima. We went to Sarah BJJ. We did that. And then at nighttime, we did boxing. Let me tell you, when I say Giannis' accuracy, so good. So precise. Uh, the guy hit my face probably like eight times before I was even not, I don't want to say not able to respond, but before I was really able to like move my head out of the, the path of face punches in time, if that makes sense. So while he's throwing his combinations, by the time I finally figured out which way to move my head and weave or slip where I got out of the way of a strike, um, I already got hit like six to eight times already, you know? So, or unanswered strikes kind of thing. So it wasn't a hard class, but it's one of those ones where it's as hard as you make it, depending on how hard you and your partner decide to go. So with that one, I ate a couple of good shots. Nothing like, like I said, he wasn't trying to kill me. Um, And for me, I obviously couldn't kill him if I wanted to, so I was more so the guy winging shots or trying to use a jab and he's kind of just super clean parry, throwing his jab in there and then pop, 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 pop and then out of there. And I'm like, I'm trying to get a timing on this thing to just start to train myself and my eyes and my vision to get used to seeing strikes coming in at that type of a high level where I'm not a boxer. I box with the other guys and I do relatively well, Um, but there's a difference a unique difference that I felt right away. And there was no windup of his punches. There was no telegraphing. It was just him moving his hands. Nice and flowy. Artem, just like uh, Artem Lobov and uh, Cardinal. Nice and flowy, Artem. Nice and flowy. It was kind of one of those things. And then it was just like, pop, 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 pop. No, no, like I said, no windup telegraphing. It was just snaps on his punches and really, really good stuff, you know? So, we got to talk after that and he was kind of breaking down some of the stuff. He was telling me like, yeah, you're very heavy on your lead leg. And it kind of takes away from your ability to kind of pull or to, you know, to, to be more balanced when you're throwing your punches. And I'm just kind of like watching him work. And then I was obviously doing my own. And then obviously at the end, trying to make it make sense in my head. That was my first feel for what the guy can do. The kid's freaking good. 27 years old. Kid's good. On Wednesday... Normally my off day, but since I had a guest in town, I want to make sure, you know, we get some type of work. And so we went in, we just drilled wrestling. We didn't go crazy hard, but it was more of a flow. I brought in my guy, Will Maldonado from Cortland, also from Long Island. We wrestled together, coached him a little bit while I was there um, finishing up my degree and he was still competing as an athlete. So Yannis got to watch us and see how we flowed and see how we were doing stuff. Now, Will's not a jiu-jitsu guy, but he's a very good higher-level wrestler. And he also was walking around about 175 to 180 pounds, but he's yoked. Not like... Just a 75-pounder. He is a big, strong man, explosive, jacked, well put together, only about 5'9", I think. So he's well put together, maybe 5'10", but I'll say about 5'9". Um, so he's jacked, and I'm, I am fight at 135, I'm 5'7". So put that in perspective of what this guy looks like, a physical specimen. So he's working with us, and he's seeing how we're doing stuff. Now, obviously, he's the odd man out because he doesn't really know how to wrestle or chaining it the way we chain it so it is what it is he, he got to learn a lot from us and um i think that was very eye-opening for him to see how we flowed and did our transitions and especially for me because will's not the jujitsu guy but when we would flow into wrestling scenarios now i'm switching it up and i'm adding in the jujitsu element where i'm looking for necks looking for arm bars or looking for key locks where i can look for that kimura threat so I got to do all that stuff and work that all in there, and then uh, Thursday we sparred, f- f- um, but we did jujitsu in the morning. Light. We I think I might have did four. He said I did like maybe five rounds, but I thought I only did four. But whatever. I tried not to go crazy because we we're gonna spar later that night, and I want to have energy, and I didn't want to have the same feeling I was getting the past few weeks of fatigue, because um, that was the whole reason why I pulled out of the fight. I'm like, yo, I'm trying. I'm going super hard in a room and i'm not getting any type of gains like it's like i work really hard and i go to spar and then it's like i hit i hit a wall and my body just caved and it's like yo i'm sorry man i'm not cooperating today you need to chill out kind of thing um needless to say the thursday and friday and saturday sparring sessions were really good very um competitive and uh when you factor in the wrestling aspect uh Giannis does some good stuff. Uh, And obviously, I'm not one to talk about sparring a lot. I'm just going to leave it at it was a very good session for myself. And I really got to see what I can do um, against a high-level striker. And that gave me more confidence to know that... I really just needed time off for my body to heal up from hitting the ground running and doing things methodically and in time. I can't just rush the process and try to come back from a major neck surgery with major nerve damage from over 10 years of competing as an athlete. You know, so to actually have the time to heal up and recover was super huge for me. Um, those three, three and a half days I took off during Morales fight week, uh, which was two weeks ago. So for me to do that, I think it really gave my body the great reset that it needed and to be able to push through this week last week and have a good positive experience. And I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I was borderline depressed, depressed. I'm not even gonna say borderline. Like It wasn't even fun being in the room based on how miserable I was knowing that the back of my mind, I got to fight this Killer of a fighter. Um, even though I think he's, you know, anyone in the top 10, top 15, they're really, really good. But, you know, he's one of the guys that made it through that gauntlet and he's a good fighter. And anyone could win on any given day, but he's still the guy in front of me. And in the back of my mind, I'm just like, I can't believe I'm, I'm I feel like I'm almost walking, not to a death sentence, but I feel like I'm walking to... A a battle that I know I'm probably going to lose based on what I'm seeing in the room. And people were mad at me because I'm trying to do the right thing and make sure I take the proper time to heal and get my body into shape before I compete and and take a fight for 25 minutes. And I know there's a lot of um, backlash from some people who just aren't too bright. They think they know how the business works. Oh, why did you sign a contract in the first place? I asked for December. October was presented to me. When you're in a certain situation, obviously the one I'm in is not the most glorious way of winning the belt. So it's a situation where you almost feel like your back's against the wall and you want to do what you got to do to prove people wrong, prove yourself right, and to keep yourself on the right side of things with the company. And I'm not saying that the UFC put a gun to my head, but I almost felt a pressure that wasn't there that was making me feel like, yeah, you have to do this for this fight. Otherwise it could be bad news later down the road for you and your relationship with the company, you know? So I, I did what I thought I was going to help me later on. And I thought I did think I can get to the fight healthy based on what the doctor had originally said back in June and the the way that everything was trending. But then lo and behold, as I stopped doing PT to come home to start training for a training camp for a, f- a five-round title fight, my body's not cooperating. It's clearly not in the shape that we thought it was in. It was in the strength department, good, strong. But in the endurance department, it needs a lot more work, and we're getting there. And this week really, really gave me that confidence to know that, Okay, if December comes around well when December comes around, knocking with that, I'll still be around. Um, i I feel more than confident that I will be more than ready, not more than ready, but ready to go and compete at a high level um come December for that December 11th card if this fight were to go quickly and they want to turn it around and, and unify this belt so that TJ Dill show when he comes back, we can get the division moving again. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with everything. And again, let me, let me reiterate, guys, I was depressed to hear your coaches, your coach say like, what's the matter with you? You look like you, I don't think you smiled all week kind of thing. And it was a very, very sad time in my life. Uh, the last few weeks, getting ready for this fight, knowing that all my training sessions for the most part were shit. It is what it is. And I, I feel good and more Happy and more joy doing this now that I feel better in the room. You know, so um thank you, Giannis, for coming out. Cause he, you know, he was saying that he would reimburse me for the flight and knowing that the fight was off. I was like, nah, man, still want you to come out. I still want to get the look. I already pay for it. Like the show must go on. Let's get this thing going and uh let's really figure things out. Um, I think it'd be good for you, and I think it'd be good for me. You know, you got a guy who's high level in one department and you got the other guy who's high level in the other department, you know, so I think for him to get to go with the champ and for me to get to go with a high level contender um, who could potentially be fighting for the belt at any given point, uh, I think it was good, you know. So I think we build up some good rapport and there's a good a good chance that him and his teammates may come down and train with us in the future. I know his coach, rest in peace, he passed away not too long ago. And now just by talking with Giannis, he's kind of the man around the gym and, and really like holding everything together and making sure everything's running the way that it should run. Uh, but personally, I know for myself even now, cause I, I kind of do a lot of my own training in terms of coordinating what I want to do. Uh, I know how much that could weigh on you. And if, especially if you're running the entire gym, you're running the class sessions and, and and that, and you're making sure that these people are here and that I can only imagine the stress levels with things like that. So especially in the middle of your career where you're 3-0 you're oh in the UFC, you have the opportunity of a lifetime to change your life forever. Um, you want to make sure you're doing everything possibly in the right way so that you can get to where you want to be, you know? So um, he mentioned coming out for like a week or two of him and the guys could come out. I was like, yeah, man, that'd be dope, you know? I think Rafion Stotts is now down there, he mentioned. And uh, I know him and Murat fought in the past. I told him, I was like, we, we, you know, we had a little powwow conversation. I was like, I do think Rafiyan would be a tough matchup for me because he's a good grappler. And good grapplers make for tough fights. That's why when you see Khabib, he's for all these other guys who aren't grapplers in the sense of wrestling or sambo or judo. Those are tough fights. When you have two high-level guys that don't accept being on bottom, that's a tough fight. You know, and those are the interesting matchups because... It comes down to a game of inches and who's a little bit better. Who's just feeling a little bit better. Uh, Khabib's fought The only close to a wrestler who actually kind of uses their wrestling a little bit was Ally Quinta. And when was the last time he actually uses wrestling in, in the fights? You know what I'm saying? You know, he, he does more jujitsu um, like approaches in terms of attacking submissions like leg locks and stuff like that. When he fought Kevin Lee, those, those times, um. Uh, Dan Hooker, but for the most part, he doesn't, he doesn't like wrestle, wrestle, you know, um, like a Khabib or myself or Marab. Our division is super different. You got Dillashaw, you have myself, you have Umar, you have Marab. Um, uh, I know there's Ricky Simone, uh, Cody Staman kind of, sort of, but those are like the more so wrestlers. So when you have to actually have to fight a grappler, who's going to give you some pushback and some resilience in those tough positions, It makes for a different type of fight. And that's why I always say it would have been interesting if we actually got to see Khabib fight like a high-level wrestler that was actually competent um, with grappling. Like, I know Abel Trujillo, but was he really that good of a wrestler? I mean, you look at all his other fights, how often did he actually implement wrestling? How devastating was his wrestling, you know? So, uh, and again, this is not about Khabib or anything like that, but that's why I said that about Stats. I think it would just be a tough fight because he actually knows how to scramble. He actually knows how to wrestle. And on top of that, he's strong and he's tough. He's a tough guy. You know, he he just beat um, Nurmagomedov. And I think he mentioned something like, now he's he should be the champ because he beat Peter Yan and blah, 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 whatever. Oh, good banter. You know, getting his name out there, but it is what it is. Um... And then Friday we did jujitsu in the morning. Then at night we did like we came in, we did like a, uh, we did like a little drilling. Ray came down and watched and gave us a couple of things to try and add into our drill session between Giannis and I. And then Saturday we sparred again. And I got to record everything. I sent him the footage for both days so that we can both use this as a learning experience to see what we could have done better. And that's what we always do. We normally res- record the sparring sessions so that we can get better and try to figure out what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well and what we could work on. And he showed me a couple of things afterwards with like my, my plant cross where I'm stepping back and not getting too far out of the way, things I could do off my movement. And it's a lot of things that I I've known, but it's, it's interesting. And, and, uh, when you hear from somebody else who is a high-level striker and really pointing it out to you, like, yo, you can really change the game if you can add, like, these couple of things to your striking, you know. So it was good to really have Adrian Giannis down here, man, and um, blessings to him and his career. Uh, obviously, I know he in the same weight class, and, you know, sometimes things just go the way they're supposed to, and uh, sometimes they don't. So whether or not we end up crossing paths or he ends up crossing paths with Marab. Marab actually never even got to train with him, but he got to come down and watch the sparring session a little bit. Um, I think at this point, it's a little different because it's not like Marab and I, where we we grew up and came up in this kind of together, so to speak, where this is more like, you know, we brought him out for a goal and whatever. And uh yeah so things are a little bit different we don't know how the relationship will develop later on like i said Giannis is a cool ass dude we hung out took him out to Johnny McGorry's, has got a beer shout out Rishi um got a couple drinks that was thursday night after a hard sparring session and again like i said i'm confident about where my my cardio is now and a lot more uh not eager but a lot more mm, excited to get back out there not like feeling like, yo, this is going to be a daunting task because I already know what's going to happen. I'm going to go out there for five minutes, do what I can, and then fade again. And I just don't want that to happen, you know? The last thing I want to do is give these trolls any more ammunition to say, like, that's really the real him. And I, I'm going to leave you guys with this. And uh, last thing that Giannis said that kind of really made, like, it touched home for me. Because um, we talked about the fight in a little bit. Not too much, not too in-depth. Um, with myself and Peter Jan. And he said, bro, like, I spoke to the guys and I told him like, just being out here, like, you know, this is I'm trying to paraphrase what he said. And he pretty much said, like, uh, this was eye opening for it. It it, it changed his perspective on what he saw in the fight and being able to go with me, knowing what I am able to do in the room firsthand and getting to experience it and knowing what my condition is really like. Um, obviously, this is not the best condition, Aljamain throwing because I was getting tired in that third round. But uh, normally, like I'm going, man, I'm going. Like Marab is a machine, I'm like the second machine, you know. I'm like a sex machine, but, but yeah, like so something like that, you know. But uh, so that that felt good to hear that and uh, to know that I'm not crazy, because I was starting to think like the maybe the fans are right. Like I had to really ask myself watching this, like. And then I'm watching my other performances. I'm like, but I don't look like that. And I'm exerting a lot of energy in these fights. And I'm still fresh. But the, I was starting to almost believe what people were saying about me in terms of, oh, he shot his load. He came out too crazy. He can't sustain that pace. No one can sustain that pace. I'm like... But I can because I did it in the room. If I could do it in a room, you could do it out there. As long as you have the same environment and and you're able to still implement your game plan and blah, blah, blah. You can say the adrenaline, whatever, that that happens every fight. That's nothing different. But if you're able to keep your energy, your emotions in check and and deliver, you're in shape, you're in shape. You know, so um, again, that made me feel a lot better hearing that. And, uh, he was, he made sure he told me he was like, yeah, I don't give out compliments. My teammates know I don't give out compliments, um, that easily. And uh, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass just cause I'm here kind of thing, you know? So, um, and I, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I really do feel like I can outstrike Yan if I want it. And then the takedowns are just going to be the icing on the cake to really solidify the rounds. And, um, eventually being on top, wearing him out. I think I can really, really put him away the legal way and, and, Remove all doubt, you know. So, fun experience, fun time. And the last sparring session before we got to watch two of our guys fight for Cage Fury uh, Pombos Gigordio and Pumi Nakuda. Big wins for those guys. Pombos look like an absolute man child, landing that monster uppercut. Guys, go check that out. It's on Fight Pass. Um, UFC, 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 CFFC 101. Pombos lands a monster uppercut. And it follows up with a barrage of punches on the ground and puts the guy out. Uh, Pom, um, Pumi cruci- cross eye crucifix, I think, three different times. And then finally, Keith Peterson saw enough and called the fight in the fourth round and given Pumi the finish um, to retain his title. He's now 4 0. I think Pombos is now 5 and 3. He had like two tough losses that I-, I think if he had done a little bit things a little bit differently with the training, I think he would have had more um gas in a tank, so to speak, to really outperform those guys because he's a tough dude. We know what we're dealing with. And in terms of the hierarchy in the in the, in the room with the 135ers, Pomo's sometimes gets the short end of the stick between myself, Marab, um, James Gonzalez, and then sometimes even Pumi in there, man. Pumi's a freaking demon to 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 work with, you know, so To have those guys, sometimes your confidence could get a little bit shot, but you got to keep it in perspective to see what those guys are doing. And remember that you're going with the best guys in the world on a daily basis. And for you to be doing that, it can only keep your confidence high, knowing that you're going to be there too. Because even if you're taking the licks, eventually you will be giving out the licks. And Pombos has come so far skill-wise. And it's nice to see, and I just hope he keeps on going at it, because I do think if he can continue this run um, and hit guys like that, he can hurt people. Bad, And I think he can make a run and uh, get a chance, an opportunity to get to the UFC. Now, uh, congrats again to those guys. Big wins, especially piggybacking off of Marab's performance. Everything's on fire. Uh, I, I just want to talk about this fight card real quick. Kevin Holland, uh, Kyle Dawkins, the ones I did watch. I got to watch some of these fights yesterday. Obviously, I think Dan Mergliata almost botched this one. And he did the right thing, ruling this a no contest. Because like DC said... The accidental headbutt is what caused the ending sequence of the fight. Had it been, you've been hurt before, and then maybe an accidental shot got in there. but You were hurt. You I, I can, you can make that argument that the guy wasn't hurt that bad. Kevin Holland had a whole flash knockout landed face first. Luckily, he caught himself with his hands and then came to and realized he was in a fight just trying to survive. And then Big Dan was saying that, oh... Uh, I saw him react, so I thought it was good, and I, you know, I thought that it wasn't as bad as it looked. I'm like, dude, you see a guy get flash knocked out, you should stop the fight and give it a pause in the action. Letting, letting you get the opportunity to see if the fighter is okay and you can give him time to recover, and then can you reset the fight? Those are the correct steps, in my personal opinion, but, uh, he let the fight go, end up getting rear naked choked, and hopefully these guys get to run it back, because I think that was very unfortunate for a fight that looked like it could have shaped up to be really, really good and really, really competitive. It is what it is. Accidents happen. I'm just glad the right call was made, and we never see that happen that often, and I'm glad they were able to salvage that and, and do the right thing for this, you know, so... um Shout out to Big Dan for that and, and doing the right thing and making the right call. Sean Shelby, all those guys came over and you could see it clear as day. The shot was of a, a fight-altering blow. And I know people were saying that the whole thing with myself and Jan. Like, dude, if I got, I got hit with the knee and this guy kept pouncing on me, I'm covering my head the same way I cover my head and I'm turning, I'm rolling around on the floor and I'm going to be kicking like a fucking mule to keep this guy off of me. That's all I can do. My head hurts. It's like getting poked in the eye. You're going to stop holding your eye, trying to clear the cobwebs out of your eyeball. You know what I mean? So it's like it's one of those things like guys want to just make an excuse to kind of bash me any chance they get. But it, at the end of the day, I'm still winning. I'm still going to get paid more for my next fight. Still going to get pay-per-view points for my next fight if it's on a pay-per-view card. Let's be clear with that. And on top of that, I get an opportunity to do it again. So who's... Who's laughing? You know what I mean? It's like, yo, you guys are mad that I didn't commit the foul and I didn't take, like, it's mind-blowing. But can't fix stupid. A couple of the other fights, I didn't really watch too many of them. Alex Hernandez, he looked amazing. Jared Gordon, this fight was kind of a tough one, split decision. Joe Selecki looked tough, but um, it almost looked like those guys were out there sparring. That was was really, really weird. And uh, not to go back and forth like crazy, but... Just one last thing about Hernandez. That was actually the best I think he's looked in a long time. Combination looked so crisp. Down the pipe with that 3-2. Sharp right hand. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Followed up and my man went down and he got the dub. But Gordon, I, I felt like these guys were in like a sparring contest. It didn't look like they were really trying to... I mean, obviously it was a lot of grappling, so arms could have been heavy. But the shots just looked like they were really slow. I'm not saying Jared Gordon's ever been the fastest puncher, the fastest kicker. You know, he's heavy-handed. He puts his body weight behind stuff, and when it lands, it lands hard. Um, But it just just looked looked like a a weird fight to kind of – because I was like, man, I can't really tell who's winning. Um, I thought it came down to that third round, and I wasn't sure which way the judges were going to give that. If I had to pick, I was leaning on the side of Jared. Jared's actually a former New Yorker. Um grew up here, I think in Wheatley or Miniola, one of the two. And um he's now down in F- Florida with Sanford, Stanford with um Henry Hoof and those guys. Casey O'Neill, she looked amazing. Round two finish over Shevchenko. Shevchenko took her down first and I thought I was like really sh- like shocked and surprised um with the control and how well she took it down and managed to Control that situation. But then she let Casey up. And then Casey's bread and butter is being on top. And then landing ground and pound blows that finish the fight. And that's what she did. She just kept the pressure on. And eventually she got her down twice. And that was all she wrote. And now I think that was her third finish in a row. Third win in a row. No, nope, not third win in a row, but third finish in a row. Ground and pound, ground and pound, ground and pound. Rear naked choke. Okay, so fourth finish in a row, it was UAE. Warriors, but in the UFC, she's 3 0 with three finishes in a row. Second round, third round, second round. Wow. So she's going to be moving on up that way, class. Betch Carrera, she retires. Really good fight. Fun fight with Carol Rosa. Rosa looked very, very well. Uh, very, very good with those knees. Tie clinch, double jump knees, uh, slamming in the elbows when she could. Betch Correra just looked like she's past her time. Um, I'm going to say she definitely looked. Like, she was a lot slower in the competition. She's 38 years old, but she's one of the pioneers of the females uh, MMA, women's MMA. And for her to go out there and still perform, uh, she gave some good shots when she could. It just looked like she was coming up short. Her arms weren't as long as Carol's. Uh, She had a tough time in the clinch. Tough woman, but definitely outskilled in this one for sure. But that's the evolution. You know, the pioneers now with the new school, your skill set, you can see the differential in that. Um, and it was definitely evident in that one. Now, this next one, Jamie Malarkey, was a tough one with Devontae Smith because I thought Devontae Smith had that one locked up game, blouses, and Malarkey came back and just kept the pressure on and eventually got Devontae out of there with some big shots. He threw, like, this jab that, like, sliced or caught the knuckle of the, of the eyeball of Smith. Smith kept backing up, and then Malarkey smelled blood in that second round and just kept going after him, and then eventually Jamie got the finish. Before laying some monster body shots and things. He, Malarkey's a tough dude. I think that's two finishes in a row. Um, yeah, over Worthy and Devontae Smith. And before that, losing to Faraz Zion by decision and Brad Riddell by decision in his UFC debut. So he's now two and two in the UFC. Douglas at Andraj, Guy's a human specimen. Nasty knockout with that left hook. That guy is a jujitsu guy, but. Man, when he swings, it is dangerous to be in front of that guy because he is powerful, powerful. Uh, Stephanie Egger and Alejandro Perez, he looked good against Johnny Eduardo. Getting that modified armbar, kind of like the Homer Simpson finish, we call it. I don't know why or where that name came from, but you take the arm, you put it in the legs, and then you lean up into it, and it puts into like a camora lock on uh uh, americana lock on the shoulder while you're on the ground so you press it and my shoulders are not very flexible as you guys can see but you put it on and it hyperextends that joint it puts a lot of pressure on there but he got it and turned it into a straight arm lock and got the finish that way modified armbar and he looked good before that I don't know he was doing a whole lot of this I don't know if that's gonna be a good thing going forward for him cause I just feel like if guys just just keep going like one two one head kick one, two, two head kick eventually with him rocking and tipping like that. I, I think he might, you know, do a little bit too much head movement, so to speak. You know, but I think that's definitely he's definitely onto something there, constantly keeping the head moving and then coming in, and throwing those bombs that he was throwing. Uh they both landed some good punches, some good kicks, but eventually it was Alejandro Perez who got the fight to the ground and finished it. So That's what we got for this week. I'm getting ready to head to Vegas. My fiance is getting some PT work done right now. I'm about to finish packing and then send this out. Try to get this video up a little bit earlier for you guys if I could. Um, I'll see you guys later. Stay blessed. Stay safe. And as always, if you like this, subscribe to this shit on Spinning Backfest, baby. See you guys later. Peace. That's the show. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get to stepping. And remember, we bring the noise because the people want the funk. Until next time, this is the Weekly Scraps. Bye-bye.